0: Welcome to Pop Psych 101,
1: where we, licensed therapist Ryan Engelstad
0: and licensed psychologist Dr. Haley Roberts,
1: break down and analyze how mental health is represented in movies, shows, books, and across the pop culture and social media landscape.
0: We will determine what lines up with real life and what is just pop
2: culture fantasy.
1: This is Pop Psych 101.
2: You know, as I said in my email, I'm looking to, you know, sort of talk about like White Lotus, but also maybe shows in general that have characters that people are just sort of love to hate, love to watch and hate on. Um, But I'd love to maybe just start by having you both like introduce yourself and maybe a little bit about your background and whatever you'd like to say maybe about the podcast too, about how you met.
1: Totally. Um, Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll jump in. Um, So Ryan Ingolstadt, licensed clinical social worker. I've been a, a therapist. Uh, in different capacities for over 10-15 years now. And I've been hosting, co-hosting Pop Psych for I think four years, something like that. I think we were were doing a deep dive recently and Haley and I uh, connected over a Facebook uh, podcast group. I was looking for a co-host after um, my first co-host of the first year and change stepped away and We've been uh, basically since the a little bit pre-pandemic, I want to say, and then I'm trying to remember the you timeline. And I, yeah,
0: I think we started January of twenty twenty. Yeah, I was,
1: I wanted to say 2021. Okay, that that feels yeah. right. so so yeah. into the pandemic a little bit. Yeah, that actually does fit my longer my. Longer than a timeline. year,
0: though. Oh, wait, that is longer than a year. Yeah, I can do math.
1: <laughs> yeah, almost almost two years. Yeah, no, that's that's so it's so, uh. It's something we've we've been having a lot of fun with. And you know, we, we actually just uh published an episode on um our hundredth episode and it was basically covering why and how uh we we came to to do this. And I think Haley would agree that I think we just love having these conversations, but also you know, breaking down this kind of uh, these portrayals for people in a way that they can understand sort of the the themes and topics that are being discussed um sometimes in a very overt hitting you over the head kind of way and sometimes with stuff like white lotus like very sneaky subverting what's going on here you know how yeah. can people understand what what people are uh what people are trying to say uh, again like overtly or not so
0: <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah, if you are interested about the history of the podcast and stuff like that, our 100th, or Ryan's 100th episode was last week. And I like basically asked him a bunch of questions about like the (laughs) journey and how it came to be and all sorts of stuff. So I um, am Haley Roberts. I have my doctorate in clinical psychology. I worked a lot with like uh, chronically ill children um, for a long time. Yeah. And then um, now I work in private practice and I mostly work with uh, teenagers, young adults, young professionals, so 20s and 30s. And I um, ascribe to a focus called acceptance and commitment therapy. And that means like I focus a lot on like values and like people making personal choices that are valued not socially thoughtful choices which actually ended up being a really interesting discussion that ryan and i had today about white lotus because we're on very different pages about how we feel about this season but yeah so and we have fun with it and i think what's really nice is we have a really cool partnership and we talk openly and so it works really well so
2: yeah, I was gonna say I do. I do like the way you both play off of each other on the podcast. I feel like it feels like two people who are having a conversation. And I feel like, right, oh. that's like the best part of a podcast when you feel like you're sort of like listening you're in, in the, the room. Kind of, yeah, you kind of want to like jump into where you're like responding. And I feel like you guys have such a nice vibe together that I was like, I really enjoyed thank you. Thank you yeah. <laughs> we don't get much like feedback so like we the people who listen are people who love us and we're like yeah of course you think it's nice <laughs> <laughs> i feel like yeah, that's the hard so, part about doing a podcast right like people will listen but they might not respond because it's not like a thing where they come to see you or maybe true. they're not like engaging i'm like i feel like yeah. sometimes it can feel like you're doing it in like a, a yeah. like silo a little bit
0: um, and when people do respond to us it's always about like specific like do this movie like, or i like what you did about this show yeah, or, yeah. yeah. and we're like it, you don't often get feedback about like what we how we pair together so that's mm-hmm. yeah like, look at us go <laughs>
1: yes yeah, thank you yeah, yeah i like, so gave happy
2: a... it's very nice to hear sort of um you know the backgrounds of both of you because i feel like um you feel very uh prepared to talk about white lotus <laughs> because i feel like these are the kinds of characters that are on the show that are these ages and are sort of um dealing uh-huh. with lots of things yeah. um but you know i in my email to you i sort of mentioned that like it seems like White Lotus and, you know, other shows too, but White Lotus specifically, it feels like fans are really um, love to hate watch or at least hate on these characters who obviously can be very frustrating. So it's very understandable that people have very big feelings about them. But, you know, why do you think it is that people seem to enjoy maybe um, hating quote unquote bad characters or is there a psychological explanation for sort of this reaction that people seem to be having, specifically about maybe White Lotus?
1: Yeah. So um you know, we're not uh researchers. I think our perspective on this will be mostly like like psychosocial and based on our perspective as therapists. Yeah. But you know, it's it's fascinating because for me, when I hear hate watching it doesn't always start from a place of hate, right? You watch the first yeah. episode and it's it's curiosity. It's who are these people? It's first impressions in some cases, you know, some of these characters like um, Harper and Albie, like, oh, like what? These seem like sweet, normal, relatable people. <laughs> yeah. And then over a the course of a, a very dramatic show like this, um, you know, not just those likable characters, but then we see the people that they have to deal with or we see the people that they're in relationships with. And whether it's coming from a protective standpoint of like, oh, do, you know, leave my character alone, be nice to this person that I've grown attached to, yeah, um, it's just as much anger or hate at the people that are making their lives difficult. So it's it's yeah. with so many like interpersonal dynamics I think at play in a really well-written show like this that we naturally have. For me, I'll say if there's a show where I can't find any redeemable characters or any yeah. redeemable dynamics like it's it's harder like I can't hate everyone yeah um, yeah so I think that's why a show like this works is because it's like a slow burn building you into as Haley and I talked about today um before we came on like kind of relatable uh relationship dynamics especially yeah. in season two
0: yeah yeah what I think is interesting about what Ryan said is you Ryan you kind of described like parasocial relationships almost as though like people are feeling like you were talking um, Shannon about like how people feel connected to podcasters. Cause it's like, Oh, yeah. we're all sitting in a room. We're sitting in my bedroom talking about this. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. no, Ryan and I are not in your bedroom. <laughs> um, but I think that that's kind of like the experience that Ryan kind of described for me. I think that like particularly a show like White Lotus. Now I have a different take on the characters that Ryan does. I found season one to be Kind of, I hate all these characters. Season two, they don't bug me at all. Yeah, Like, I do not feel like a negative feeling towards them in any way. Whereas Ryan's like, really? Let's talk about that. He's like, I hate them, most of them.
1: Not most but... of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, One in particular. Ryan really uh,
1: I got a couple bones to pick. Yes, that's true.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm going to ask you about it. So I'm so okay. excited to be here. <laughs> so what I think is, particularly with a show like White Lotus is they're pretty glamorous. And so like, I think like social media, people like to feel a part of glamor. And yeah. so they're like, like, what is this like this fancy resort that we're spending, t- we are spending time at, yeah. right? But then you start to realize this guy is complaining about not being in this room, this first season, complaining about not being in this room constantly, or this guy is cheating on his wife all the time, or this guy is like trying too hard or whatever. And you find these pieces that you like, don't really like about this person. I think it feeds our ego is we go like, well, I might not be this glamorous, but at least I'm not like that. And I think that that's kind of what it feels like. And it, um, people really it's, it's gossip, right? Like people connect over gossip. Yeah. And I think that's why people like watching it is it's just like high school. Like everyone wants, doesn't want to be a part of the drama, but you like want to know what the drama is. And I think that's exactly what one of these shows is. And I think like, this isn't really the question that you asked yet, but as far as like the psychology goes, I think that like, you can only do so much of it before it kind of starts to like attack yourself a little bit like mental health wise. So like, I noticed this a lot with my patients and and myself personally over the pandemic. Well, actually like 2018 until like over the pandemic was uh, true crime was everywhere. And so all my podcasts were true crime, all my TV watching was true crime, all my, and I started noticing myself getting in a, like a headspace that was not comfortable yeah, And didn't feel good and was not great. And I noticed that in my patients as well. And then as I like got rid of those things, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like I feel lighter. Yeah. And I think that's the same with TV, which is why like, I think people like having Parks and Rec is because it's like, you like the characters, you're not mad at them. You connect yeah. with them. It feels like this valued relationship, but then you can also watch White Lotus and be like, did you see what Albie did? Or, you know, you can like do the, like, the <laughs> Um And so I think that's where that, that hate watching comes in is like, I think it feeds our ego of like, yeah. I'm not as bad as this person. Comparison. Season one. Yeah. Yeah. In season one, I felt like they really grabbed like one personality flaw and made that each character's full personality. Yeah. And so they were like really easy to hate because you're like, there's like nothing great about this person. They all suck. Yeah. The second season, I feel as though they made the characters more dynamic. And yeah. so like, You're like, he's really charming. And it's like, yeah, but he cheats on his wife. And you're like, yeah, but like she cheats on him too. So like they have an agreement or, you know, well, Albie's really sweet or, you know, like I think what that did was it made them more relatable as people.
2: Yeah. And
0: so like you, you see more of yourself in them. And so that like comparison doesn't look as hierarchical, but I do think it like feels more like a connected comparison as well. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Maybe. No that's, okay. a, yeah, no that's an interesting comparison too between the two seasons but i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you up
1: yeah. no no i was just it's it's funny listening to to you Haley, talk about the uh the ego piece because i think in my head hearing you talk about the comparison of like parks and Racket it feels like different rides at an amusement park right <laughs> where uh-huh. sometimes you just want to sit in the lazy river and you can close your yeah. eyes and yeah. not worry You're, like yeah. you'll be you'll be safe the whole time nothing bad's gonna happen yeah. you'll be taken care of uh-huh. um Whereas white, watching White Lotus is like, you know, New Jersey Six Flags is like King Da is just straight up and then uh-huh. straight down at 80, 100 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> and, you know, as a person who uh, at a time in my life hated roller coasters, I never felt that sense of safety despite knowing I was secured in yeah, until, you know, sure. you try it eventually. And I think that's where shows like this come in is like. We're able to experience hate and anger and jealousy and annoyance. Oh, I can't stand that person. I can't stand this character. Yeah. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah. And then the episode ends, and we are returned to safety. We nothing bad happened. We were able to experience those emotions and not having there's, no there's no yeah.
0: consequences there's no
1: consequences it didn't happen in you real talk life
0: that way about your friend someone could hear about it exactly and it might come back right to you.
1: right yeah. yeah and then yeah. being able to follow that up with with talking about it with your friends and playing around with theories i mean it, it feeds this desire we have to be safely engaged with controversy right yeah. That i think you know it's it's it does feed something that I think, you know, given the opportunity, would we do like engaging in when it's not dangerous to us.
2: Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Yeah, I,
0: well, I was thinking about, like, the show Girls from years ago. Mm. Like, yeah. that was sure. another one of those where, like, sure. I feel like people hate watched it a lot. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it was different because they, like, weren't as glamorous. And I do think that, like, that glamour plays a role in a sense where... I felt like girls almost felt too real <laughs> in a way that yeah. where it was like, oh, these are people that I could actually like hang out with, <laughs> yeah. whereas like White Lotus, you're like, I'm not going to be in this fancy resort in Sicily, like, and also if I am, this is kind of how I expect
2: mm. rich,
0: glamorous people to be. So like, there's like a distance that you can create, which I think also further protects that yeah. that ego that puts you in that safe, lazy river kind of space.
2: Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. There's like a little, like the separation, like you said, makes it a little easier. Like you said to gossip, makes it a little easier to, yeah, uh-huh. I feel like those are such. Celebrity good points. Gossip. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, something I really like about, about your podcast is that like you sort of talk about, you know, the reality of a show and, and maybe, you know, some of the fantasy of it. And I was, you know, wondering when it comes to white Lotus, you know, what, sort of feels real to you or, or what feels more fantastical or you're maybe mm. specifically when we're talking about yeah the, the psychology of these characters because i think you made such a good point about the idea of this season does seem more complex and how it's you, yeah. you know write, written its characters maybe in comparison even to the first season mm-hmm. right what are your thoughts
1: yeah On I mean scale the...
2: from one to five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting um so far, and, and I think we're we're talking about the show at a really interesting point because it's right before the season finale, right? Yeah. Where we don't know how much of this is going to blow up and how much it's going to be dramatized and who's dead and all these sorts of things, which is, yeah. I think, where it tends to cross over into the fantastical a little bit, into the murder mystery, into the true crime sort of piece that it feeds. But up to this point... I think it's been really grounded and and Haley and I were talking about, you know, the the relationship dynamics and how complex and different relationships are. Um, and a lot of that feels really well portrayed. You know, I, I think I for me, I especially like um is it the DeGrasso, you know, men, sort of their, Uh their history. Cause I think family, uh, family trauma and, and like inherited, uh, unhealthy relationship dynamics is a very real thing. And, and Haley and I have talked about, you know, working with people, especially young people. And if they've had modeled relationships, parents, grandparents who have not had the best relationships, it does kind of cause you to be a little bit jaded and a little bit, um, it it affects your expectations of what a normal healthy relationship should be versus could be like what's possible for me as a, as a person coming from this family. So I think they, they really hit on some interesting complex stuff that I think is very much based in reality.
0: Yeah. 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 I find this season, if you think about this show um, and again, I think first season we would have had more to say about it because like they truly pick one personality characteristic and like, that's your character now, yeah. which is less realistic. I think this season, the people feel more dynamic and feel more real. Yeah. I think it, it's very, it's done very realistically. And like the people, I think like in that family, for example, like what you see is like grandpa to dad, dad repeated grandpa's behaviors. Dad to Albie, i like overcorrected. Yeah. Right. And like, that's, I that's what I would rather have, but like, <laughs> I think that like it really shows, but then also like the, when his dad starts being like, what are you doing? Stay away from that. Don't, then he starts like kind of making relationship decisions in response to his dad, which is what we as humans do. Right. And, and like, I think also I'm trying, I had a thought about one of the characters where I was like, that was like really well portrayed. And now I'm like blanking on what it was. I'll come back to it. Yeah. I was like, I'll come back to that. Here. Wait, Haley
1: and I you you were we were talking about um specifically the Daphne and Cam relationship is a is a fascinating one because I think I think there's a segment of people who see this relationship as almost like the healthiest on the show where (laughs) they have some kind of weird understanding between the two of them and then for other people it's like take sides it's like you know they love Daphne and they love her how she just sort of Finds a way to stay above the fray of all this chaos that seems to be going on yeah um or or vice versa like they're <laughs> they're you know they're wanting uh cam and uh oh god what's a uh, harper's husband uh like that relationship like they think that's gonna either devolve yeah. or turn into something you know very bizarre in the last yeah. episode Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: i think you're right i've seen a lot of that sort of online like you said the yeah. the daphne cam Relationship seems like one that, like you said, people have taken sides on, and it's very interesting. And and sort yeah. of people seem to maybe know a version of one of those people, and it feels mm-hmm. <laughs> like they Absolutely. have thoughts. They have thoughts about that. Um, yeah, you know, we we brought up a few different characters, but because you are watching the show, you know, are there any characters that sort of stand out to you, um, or or you're sort of fascinated by, or frustrated by, or someone that sort of stands out? <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, for sure I, there's...
2: I was going to say, Ryan's especially frustrated uh, by Cam.
1: So Cam... Because Haley and I were talking about this relationship and and the degree to which it... Um, I
0: was just like, it's totally normal on Ryan. Like, like
1: an I'm unspoken sorry. agreement about them being able to, you know, uh, have uh, extramarital affairs. And I guess for me, I, for me, whether that's true or not, I still see Cam... I, I struggle with Cam. If there's a character I hate, he's one of them. It's because... It's one thing to have an understanding with your partner. It's another thing as sort of been established between God, what's Harper's husband? I just he's just Harper's husband. Ethan, thank you. Like this dynamic between Cam and Ethan has obviously been established where he kind of messes with him and it's it's comes Mm -hmm. it comes into the his relationship with his wife. And for me, that's like a a line crossing, you know, where he's naked in front of her in the first episode and he's you know hands on her thigh and things like that and you know for me that's a line crossing where it's like okay this is not just a person who messes around and otherwise has a, a relationship that they've figured out a way to you know make it work between each other this is also a person who is you know if you're into like D and D, it's like chaotic evil a little bit. Yeah. Like he he he'll yeah. do some stuff, um, mm-hmm. in a, in, a un, yeah. in an unexpected way, and so he's he's one of the characters on the show that I definitely struggle to, like, see the good in. I I know there's it's there, but yeah. I have a little bit of Harvard time with him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that anybody like sticks out to me that much but the like relationship that frustrates me the most is Ethan and Harper yeah. um and the reason is because okay, so i think the Ethan Harper Cam Daphne like pairing is really like cool pairing because this is kind of what i spoke to about to Ryan today was i was like Daphne and and Cam actually have like the most settled agreed upon relationship out of everybody in this show of like yeah. they may not have explicitly said let's both cheat on each other but like they both know what the other person is doing and they both know where they stand are we with each sure other cam like... knows
1: are we sure cam <laughs> knows are we sure cam well, we don't knows? know
0: we don't know if cam <laughs> knows that those are not his children but like yeah. he probably figures because like when she was like oh i'm gonna stay the night he's like oh she always does this kind of stuff yeah. so yeah. like He may not know, I think, you know, I think privileged white man, he probably thinks that she's not sleeping with anybody but him, but like, but like, they do kind of agree. Like I go off and do my own thing and she, you know, maybe she knows, maybe she doesn't. I go off and do my own thing. Maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't. And like, do I think it's healthy? No. (laughs) Um, However, like it feels like a settled kind of agreed upon relationship. Yeah. But then like Ethan and Harper, Aubrey Plaza's like character come in and it like sets it up that you're like, okay, this is going to be a healthy relationship because like they actually talk about stuff and they actually see each other. But then you're like, oh no, they don't. They don't actually like, they talk at each other. Yeah. And they like mention that they're in a relationship with each other. And they mention that they don't like stuff that the other person is doing, but there's no like agreed upon nature. There's like no collaboration. There's no like meeting somewhere. And that really frustrates me because I'm like, particularly I'm one episode behind, but like particularly he yes, I think his character should have like told her sooner that what had happened that night. Um however like when he then does tell her, she's never gonna nothing he says is she she's gonna believe. Yeah. And that really frustrates me. Is I'm like I either have the conversation or don't. Like mm. like Stop doing this, like, but I need you to tell me. And then he tells her, and then she's like, No, but I need you to tell me. And he's like, I'm telling you. Yeah. So that frustrates me the most, I think. The character I like the most is the grandpa. Yeah. Dominic or nice. whatever his name is. He's my favorite. <laughs> A great choice. Great choice. Oh, Valentina. She's the one I dislike the most. Oh, interesting.
1: Okay. Uh, she's
0: awful. He's-
1: Jack is <laughs> he's the miserable. other one I-, I dislike the most.
0: Mm. Who?
1: Uh the the cousin uh, nephew from Essex. Yeah. Um,
0: oh yeah. Well he also feels like chaotic evil, but in a way where he's not trying to hide it.
1: Well, exactly. And I think it's yeah. like, you know, when characters are one note and that one note is like, I'm gonna corrupt this other character, basically. Yeah. It's you know, my I red flags you. are going up and I you know, I think and Portia is a character again who who in the initial episodes of the show we were sort of put in a position to root for. Yeah. Um we wanted her to have a good time on her vacation and, and things like that with her as a as an assistant and then to see kind of things play out in the way they are, especially uh, not knowing what's gonna happen the next episode. Um worry worried about these kids, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: get that. I feel like yeah, there's a lot of worry to be had <laughs> for for Sometimes. many of these these characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know we we sort of maybe touched on this a little bit, but you know, how do you think, um, you know, creator Mike White is sort of handling the the sort of complex psychology on the show, you know, especially as sort of people who study this, people who look at this. How do you think, yeah, his he's sort of navigating it?
0: Yeah. I kind of don't, well, I remember what I was gonna say earlier. So I think like parts that aren't very accurately portrayed, is the extent to which like everybody would interact with each other this much on vacation. Like, I think more like trips around Sicily would be happening and there wouldn't be as much like interaction. And so that I I think would change the way things, I don't think you would end up you know, three people in the same family sleeping with the same sex worker and stuff like (laughs) that. Like, I think that just is less likely to happen. But the way that he's handling it, like I think to me, the characters this season feel like flawed humans yeah and so like I think as soon as as soon as there are a whole set of characters that all just feel like different versions of a flawed human then the psychology is usually being handled well when it's like a complex person so like in the first season again didn't think it was great because they were all not complex they were just like here is your one but I think the psychology is being handled pretty well what was weird was like with like last season and obviously this one hasn't ended yet but like you see the the thing that's going to cause an emotional reaction and then the show's over and so like we're like okay well this is where their psychology would really ramp up this is what we could comment on so i think that that's an interesting piece to it
2: yeah
1: yeah i really like it i think he it you can tell that he tries to put layers into things, you know whether it's like establishing shots or background shots, even the music. I mean the the theme song. I think a lot of people <laughs> joke about. But uh, do you guys know the some of the backstory to that to that song?
0: No, but I did notice the music, and I was like, this only feels like it's intriguing because the music is okay. intriguing.
1: <laughs> so, so Shannon, you should look this up because it's fascinating. Yeah, it's. The composer that they hired, he, it's like, ah, I don't remember exactly what it is. I'll have to look. I, if, if I find it, I can send it to you. But basically yeah. he found this very, very old like funeral dirge
2: yeah. and
1: sped it up and add a bunch, added a bunch of other sounds and that's what became the theme song for the, for season one. And then they kept the same theme song and they just made it like Italian yeah. um, for season two. <laughs> that's what
0: it sounds like. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> they just Italianed sounds it up like a, a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I think like for me, that speaks to both Mike White's and obviously the composers, the depth that they're going for, that they want yeah. the audience and they want the characters to have this, ominous feeling obviously yeah. you know each each season has been set up with like a body bag so we are already set with that but i think um you know the way that he's able to establish tension within these relationships yeah not in a like uh in and in with in an immediacy like i think there have been some episodes that have just been kind of like oh not a lot happened this week yeah. um but because we know we're headed towards this this death, it's like, you know, it sort of speaks to me. And, and, you know, when I work with people with anxiety, it's like, you know, I just I all of a sudden I'm just like, it's this feeling, I'm just tense. I just I can't let it go. And yeah. for me, that's what this show watch watching the show sometimes feels like, especially the most recent episode when um Tanya is in the cocaine party. Just wait for that, Haley. By the way, yeah, I'm saying, like um,
2: <laughs> so anxiety inducing. <laughs>
1: it's just like, oh no, like something bad's gonna happen. And yeah. a lot of the conversations, even between the characters, you're just waiting for like you're waiting for Harper to mention the condom wrapper, you know, and it's just like, really, the the tension is really well established, you know, unless you're yeah. a person with anxiety who is not comfortable with that.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's people who shouldn't watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: well, listen to our uh, euphoria episode. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'll just put out there, I hated it every, every second of it. Yeah. Um, but that tension that you're talking about, Ryan, it also always ends up just being like, and then nothing happened. Like it always ends up being like that, which to me is so human. We build these things up in our head. Like, this is how this conversation is going to go. and This is how this fight's going to go. And this is how it's going to feel. And then you have the conversation and they're like, I didn't sleep with anyone. And you're like, what?
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's not the fight that I had with you in my head. And like, I think that's kind of how, to me, this show feels like I, I'm entertained by it, but I also find, kind of dull like i like i'm like nothing really happens yeah and i kind of like if you think about it like nothing really happens in life anyway (laughs) and so like the the shows that are like the like watch week to week kind of shows like the game of thrones and those like there's like this like a murder or a something happening every single episode yeah which also is very unrealistic right Mm -hmm. so almost the way that it's that like tension is built and then like kind of nothing happened. Like even in the first season, like the whole season we're waiting to find out who's murdered. Yeah. And it's just that like the guy walks into a knife, <laughs> like yeah. then another yeah. man was yes, holding and you're yes. like.
1: That was it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wasn't really murder That's, after yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like, I think almost makes what he's doing more human of like, mm-hmm.
2: we kind of build things up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point. I feel it's like, like a yeah, normalized attention. soap opera.
1: Yeah. Wow. It, well, because like growing up, I mean, you know, if you knew if you had friends or family or relatives who watched soap operas, you'd be like, oh god, how can you watch that stuff? But yeah. isn't Game of Thrones just a uh, soap oh, opera yeah. with dragons yeah. and fancier costumes, yeah. right? And I think to Haley's point, like this has a lot of those notes of a soap opera, but it's very much then grounded back to but then you're just still at a resort for a couple more days yeah. and, uh-huh. you know, and then you just got to go back to your brunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's not a lot of hotel brunches on soap operas.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that everyone, every character seems to be at.
1: That's <laughs> yes, exactly love, right. Exactly. Conveniently. That's,
0: that's, that's very daily. realistic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's, very that's realistic, the quiet right? moment. Right? Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. When something happens, like let's say your parent dies, the next day you just, what, wake up and have breakfast? Yes. Yeah. Like that is kind of how life happens, right? Yeah. If you're glamorous, you find yourself in a cocaine party and then the next morning you wake up and have breakfast. Or you,
1: you found out your husband, you know, and his friend had some escorts over and it's like, all right, well, they're coming over and now we gotta go out to breakfast anyway. Like, yeah, we're yeah, gonna that's figure how this how out. Life
2: happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk I'm about, about this later. Like what's toast? Said that. That's true. That's true. Yeah, what a couple hasn't had an awkward brunch with a different with another couple. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we've sort of talked about you know, yeah, there's sort of people having these very big feelings about these characters. Um, some of which, yeah, very frustrated, maybe hate a little bit of a hate towards them. You know, can we learn anything from the way we feel about these characters that frustrate us? Um, you know, whether it's about ourselves or others, can we learn something?
1: Yeah, it's a great question because I think for me, you know. I was reminded, you know, and we've been talking about, you know, uh, drama and gossip. And I think in therapy, people can also have a tendency to come back and complain about the same person, kind of get stuck on like, let me tell you about what my mother-in-law did this week, yeah. or let me tell you what my kids got in trouble with this week. And and while that's a perfectly acceptable use of therapy, it's also a reflection of sometimes we get stuck in the difficult to resolve emotion around a person or a relationship dynamic so if there's anything to take away it's like you know not that it's a problem to hate watch a show but like okay maybe we also should talk about the things that we love about it and find yeah. find some balance and you know i guess like create that that almost like neutrality where it's i'm not just stuck in the thing that makes me mad um and that maybe you know whether it's like watching true crime is raising my anxiety is raising my my tension but maybe i also need to balance that out with you know parks and rec or maybe i also need to to balance that out with um you know the things that i really like about this show or wasn't it cool there's um, you know, the weird music, oh, my gosh, isn't Sicily beautiful? And yeah. in, in finding that balance, I think um, we're able to kind of get to that emotionally regulated place. You know, we're dealing with people you hate. I think it's very easy to get stuck in gossip and criticism and, and, you know, talking about them behind their backs and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, that, you know, holding on to that negative emotion, especially over long periods of time is is hurts you more than it's hurting them, for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's drinking poison and thinking someone else is going to die from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think so. There's this um, concept in therapy called um, countertransference, and basically, well, there's transference and countertransference, and um, it's they're old school terms, but basically, it's that like the patient puts personality traits on the therapist based on like their history in relationships and psychological history. But then also because you're a human in the room, therapists can sometimes do the same thing in return. So for example, we we covered um, in treatment and there was like one series of patients where the therapist was kind of mothering this young man. And then you find out that like, he's about the age that her son would have been. And so like, it was her own stuff reflecting onto this other person. And the reason I bring that up is because you asked, like, is there anything that, like, we can learn about ourselves or or the psychology or our psychology by, like, how we react to a show? And I think 100% yes. Um, the way Ryan spoke about it, the way we react to any person, I think is, is correct. In that, like, for example, like, Cam, for whatever reason, does not bother me that much, right? Yeah. Granted, the things that Ryan pointed out, like, I forgot about, because those <laughs> things would have bothered me. But I think it's, that's, this is actually a really good example. I think if someone, if we have a reaction to somebody, it says something about, because like somebody standing next to us will be like, oh, I didn't think that it came across that way. All right So it says something about us. So what I'm thinking is what it says about us is one of two things either they're so misaligned with what we consider personal values so that's the case here with ryan he really values men who respect women and women's boundaries cam doesn't care at all and he like pushes through those relational boundaries he pushes through those those gender boundaries whatever and so ryan's like i don't like this guy he does not have great values or i think the other thing that like triggers a response about ourselves is you're like Oh, I see in you what I'm capable of. And I don't like that. Yeah, And I like places where I've seen that with people that I've talked to is people who are like really confident and they know that they can like err on the side of like arrogance when somebody is like really arrogant and like, whatever, it's my way or the highway. People are always like, Oh, he's like such a jerk. He's so arrogant, whatever. And it's like, Ooh, you see, you see the, the, the journey between you and this person. And that's why you're trying to create distance of like I'm in this side of the world and you're on that side of the world and and I think that's like I think so in this season the theme was explicitly infidelity at different points in relationships every single relationship had weird infidelity at different points Um, right like even Valentina with her crush on the other woman like the other woman was flirting with somebody and they're not even in a relationship but But to her, it felt like some kind of infidelity, right? All the way up to like people who are actually married being um, unfaithful. And I think people who have really strong opinions and thoughts about infidelity, either in like a valued moralistic way, are into the show because they can pick a side and they can say like why this person was right or why that person's wrong. Or it almost gives them a sense of control over their own thoughts and feelings about what's happening happening on the other side i also feel like people who uh, maybe have been unfaithful or like less on a moralistic thing but more on like a well i flirted with that guy at work last week even though like it, w- then they kind of feel icky and so they're like well what i'm doing is not as bad as what they're doing right yeah. and it's again that like ego thing i think yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and to, to illustrate haley's point at the risk of self-embarrassment watching uh I think it was the last episode I was just like, I was probably making audible noises about how much I dislike Jack. And I was just, I just, I just hate this guy. And my wife as a, as a wife of a therapist has become very perceptive with this kind of stuff just goes, are you Albie? And I was like, I think, I think I am. I think I'm Albie. Um, (laughs) and uh and yeah and i think that's that's, that's a
0: great, great illustration
1: like not not everyone's gonna have that self-awareness or partner awareness but i think that <laughs> that's what happens is yeah. you know is like there are real things that we bring and why we react so strongly is coming from a personal place
0: yeah yeah an unrelated example ryan and i were very briefly talking about inside out and he said something about like why inside out is one of his favorite movies and i was like are you Riley? And he was like, yes. I was like, I'm Riley. This is why I like Inside Out. And so like, I think if you can either see yourself in the character or explicitly separate yourself from a character, be like, I'm not that person. I think that can tell you a lot about both how you feel if you feel mirrored by somebody or so again, the two things I said, was like either I value this. They're not aligning with it or here's places where I don't love that I haven't been super valued to myself. And they're mirroring that to me.
2: I wasn't asked because obviously we're talking about the idea of people really sharing their opinions on these characters and, you know, that's happening on social media. Why do you think maybe, like we said that people want to maybe very publicly share their feelings about these, these specific, this specific show, these characters, is there something about the show that's gotten people to want to sort of publicize their feelings on the. I think it maybe sort of connects to what you were saying in the sense of like, is it about separation or <laughs> embracing these uh-huh. characters? But, but I would want to know, yeah, why do you think maybe people want to be so public with their feelings on the show?
0: I think it says more about social media than the show, personally. Yeah. I think, again, it's gossip, right? And it's public gossip, and it's public safe gossip, yeah. right? So if you said like, oh, celebrity X, Y, and Z, somebody else is going to be like, actually that same celebrity, A, B, and C. And so you're going to get like argument that like actually applies to somebody and that's not safe. But like, mm-hmm. if you go, Daphne this or whatever, like if somebody argues with it, it you don't really care because it's not a real person. Yeah. And I think then what ends up happening is that like, there's plenty of shows that I have like publicly given my opinion about that people are like, Haley, nobody's watching Dickinson. And I'm like, okay, but I'd like them to so that I can talk about it. Yeah. And <laughs> um, so I think what ends up happening is that like certain shows, enough people are talking about it at the same time. And Ryan and I have talked about this. Weekly shows are becoming more popular for this yeah. exact reason, which is if I watch, if I binge watch it all on one day and you binge watch it all in three months, yeah. you and I are not gonna talk about it. If we are watching it week to week at the same time. It's it's gonna be like well what do you think is gonna happen and the only way you're gonna know is if you watch it next week and the only way I'm gonna know so I think yeah. like the the week to week plays a role and then also I think it just the more people who talk about it online the more people who want to talk about it it's online and it's perpetuating like, yeah yeah. It's part of it. yeah yeah it's wanting to know and gossip about mm-hmm. the drama without having to be a part of the drama
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and certainly the pandemic piece. I mean, I think a lot of people are desperate for shared experiences Yeah, to be, you know, if if I hear my siblings talk about a show that I haven't watched yet or I haven't even heard of, you know, I mentally bookmark that. Okay, maybe I'll try to find a way to watch the first yeah. episode. Maybe I can get in. Maybe it's not too late. I can join the conversations at Christmas. And, <laughs> um, you know, and I think that's a, a real experience where we don't want to be left out, especially about something that people are very passionate about. It's like, oh, man someone really hates this this character on this show. Like, I need to know what it yeah. is. Yeah. And then as soon as you know, it's like either I join in and I agree or I join in and here's my different take on it. Let's de- let's debate. Because um, yeah. I think that's, you know, even if it's a, a contentious conversation, it's still, you know, around the something that is sort of safe yeah. to disagree on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unlike unlike but other it also topics. Gives... Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it also gives people space to be like, Ugh, I don't know why everybody's watching this, Yeah. right? Like you can even comment on the fact that you are not you watching
1: You can join the you haters. You
0: can participate in way. Yeah. And so like I, there's a comedian named Daniel Van Kirk who always says the phrase, I refuse to yuck on people's yum.
2: Yeah. And that's what
0: he's talking about. is like a lot of people will like, I'm going to join in by simply being like, it's stupid that you're enjoying this thing. yeah, And like, Okay, I have a lot of thoughts about that whole process, but even that is like they're connecting over white lotus. Just like yeah. don't tell them that's what they're
2: doing. <laughs> you know, you're a part
1: of the discourse whether you like yeah. it or not.
2: Yeah, 100. You're participating in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. that's such a good point. Um, you know, those were all of my questions. I don't know if there's anything you feel we missed or anything you want to expand on or anything else you'd like to say about any of the things that we talked about.
0: Ryan, who do you feel is the most normal character in season two?
1: Oh, man. Well, it depends what we That's mean really when, we, when we say normal. I mean.
0: Who's because the I... one that you would hang out with the most easily?
1: Oh, interesting.
0: I don't even have an answer for this. So
1: The one I would hang out with most <laughs> question, easily. Though. No, it is a good, Actually, I is have good an answer. One. I mean, you know, Harper is a particular fan favorite for a lot of people. I think part of that is just. Aubrey Plaza is yeah. just like you know the <laughs> she seems like a good hang where you can just kind of um, you know be sarcastic mm-hmm. and and detached and you know okay. but also be in Sicily and have fancy outfits and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> um, so so her character feels the most grounded, I guess, where she's like she doesn't really want to be a part of this thing that's happening around them. Like she joined it because her husband was invited and as a part of it, yep. she was invited. Yeah. So she's acclimating it, acclimating to it in a way that she can. And, and for me, like, that's a very relatable thing. Um, So I think that's, you know, I think she's a really good character. And um I think people are giving her a lot of kudos because it's fun to see her on screen. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I Would not want to hang out with her, she's such a <laughs> negative Nancy.
1: Only when she's uh, around Bert her would husband, be the one that
0: I want
2: to hang out <laughs> with,
1: Bert. Huh? Yeah, 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 I should have known you were um, gonna say
2: Bert, <laughs> but also,
0: like, I really like Daphne. Like, yeah. I think that, yeah, maybe some of the choices she makes are, I'm, I'm like, I wouldn't make those like the way that they like play games and stuff. Like, I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to be her friend, but I'm like, what? Yeah. Eh, she's like straightforward about it and she's honest about it. And she's like, Hey, we're spending the night because I'm like playing a game with my husband. And I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to call my husband and tell him what you're doing. But... but then also the piano player, like, she seems very, just like, I'm just here. Is the that,
1: Lord, uh, uh, Mia uh, Lucia? Yeah. Lucia.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, like, I just happen to be here with a friend and I'm just figuring things out as I go. So
2: yeah. That's funny. Not Valentina. She's my least favorite. <laughs> I love that. I love that you're like a Bert and and not a Valentina. I like that it's like it's yeah. very yeah. that's percent <laughs> very clear. I hang out with the old white guy. <laughs> you know, he's going that's on funny. he's going outside of the resort. So I feel like, you know, he is he is making that's his right. way outside. One of the few I feel like yes. who's really traveling.
1: Yeah, good for him.
2: Yeah. yeah. But he knows
0: like how he many trips i will like get on a good vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like, I'm just here. And he yeah. had a line where, like, I this I think this interaction I think was like the whole thing is he said like I loved your mother and she loved me. And then his son said it's not that simple. And he said yes, it is. Yes. Mm. And I think that whole interaction describes this whole show perfectly. Is that what? like this is all very simple. Like the whole show is all very simple. It's like these are all just people being people. And yeah. also like it's not that simple like it's also wildly complicated yeah. and I think that whole interaction um, perfectly describes the human experience which is like what it boils down to is that I loved your mother and that's all that matters however mm. there also were all these other details that really yeah. matter too yeah,
2: yeah. that's such a good point and interesting too like you said because we're seeing the fallout with like the generations and it's mm. so interesting like you said he's the one who's like yeah it's easy and the other two are sort of like Wow, we're really paying the price
0: <laughs> for some of it. Yeah, totally.
2: Yeah, uh huh, hundred percent you know, thank you so much for taking the time, especially so much time. I didn't like realize oh, sure. how much I've taken of your time tonight to talk about this. It's it's so nice to hear your perspectives on it and also to have, you know, your voices in the piece. So I so appreciate, you know, making, again, making the time at night <laughs> after your, <laughs> your work days to do this. Um, but, you know, if you think of anything else or something comes up, please let me know. Um, again, I, I so appreciate you taking the time. It was It was so nice to speak with you, especially, like I said, after hearing episodes of the podcast, it's cool to sort of like be be in an actual virtual room with yeah you. <laughs> yeah yeah thank you so much yeah. yeah thanks
1: for listening and thanks for reaching out
2: oh of course yeah thank you for agreeing to do this i really appreciate it of course. no problem we'll, we'll... we'll speak to you soon yeah, yeah for sure. have a great night
1: you too
0: bye